0: treason news, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I am your host, Alison Kilkenny, flying solo today. Very exciting. You're going to get that raw, unfiltered stream of consciousness from your host that you love so much. It makes me feel absolutely insane and i feel extra insane right now and believe me um as someone with you know mental illness like most americans and most people out there i'm not making light of insanity or anything like that but let me just tell you uh, all that i feel extra crazy during the pandemic i think and i've mentioned this before on the show I am different now, and I'm sure a lot of you are out there struggling with this, but I really feel like this social isolation has changed me maybe forever, question mark. And look, uh, the rest of my life hasn't played out. I don't know if ultimately it'll be like, maybe I'm just becoming more cool, right? That's a possibility. Am I becoming more interesting and quirky and lovable? Probably not definitely talking to myself more as i walk alone through the park listen i i don't know what's going on with me i think i hate birds now that's been happening i just feel pissed off when i see birds <sighs> maybe i resent that they can be free and fly away oh that's it i just unpacked it who needs therapy found the answer i resent that birds can fly Wow. So that's where I'm at. Let me know if you're feeling um a, a tad more unmoored, let's say, during all of this um craziness, this wild time. Hashtag Light and Pod. How are you coping? I'll let you know how else I'm coping recently. Oh, and this is gonna get into a little bit of tangents about online etiquette because this just happened before I started recording. So please permit me an opportunity to rant because um I'm a little peeved let's say but that makes for good listening content right when somebody's fired up about something how boring would this show be if I was just ironically detached all the time i'm mad i'm fired up i have opinions and that's why you listen right so Part of my struggle during the pandemic, and believe me, I'm not like, wah, wah, I realize so many people have it so hard right now, and people have lost loved ones, and, you know, I know first responders listen to this show, and and, you know, thank you to all the medical workers and the nurses, yada, 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 please don't be mad at me, I can't physically deal with anyone being mad at me right now, I'm very mentally weak. Uh, I respect you all. So I'm not playing a little violin for myself. I'm just letting you know what's going on with me. Okay. So I, in the best of times, struggle with irregular sleep patterns and insomnia. So, and that's from generalized anxiety. Who cares? Right. Nobody cares. But that is why I don't sleep. <laughs> And why I try to, you know, exercise a lot to like make myself physically tired so I can um pass out for a few hours and not spiral into insanity, if you will, and have hallucinations, which happens when you don't sleep. So as part of my quest to um sleep like a normal human being, I've been hearing a lot about this melatonin from friends and loved ones who also have insomnia, who are like, you got to try this. It's like a natural way to knock yourself out for a few hours so you can replicate the normal sleep cycle. And I've been hearing about it for years and people have been telling me to get on board with it for years. And I'm like, whatever, whatever, because I have this very arrogant air about me As like, not even like a former party girl, but like someone who prides themselves on the fact that my body defeats most drugs, right? Like, I have woken up during surgery. (laughs) What a weird flex this is. Guys, I'm not bragging that I wake up during surgery, but I need like more drugs than usual to feel the thing that most people feel. So... Yeah, and I've woken up during surgery. I had my wisdom teeth taken out, and I woke up during that. Somebody told me that, and I don't know if this is true. Please don't come to this show for medical advice, ever. Someone tweeted me that redheads need more anesthesia to be knocked out. I don't know if that's true or if that's one of those urban myths, but whatever the case is, I woke up during my wisdom teeth surgery scared the shit out out of the entire dental staff who thought I could feel what was happening. So of course they panicked. I felt nothing. I didn't remember waking up. When I did wake up after the surgery, my uh, dentist, my dental surgeon was looking at me very nervously and was like, hi, how's it going trooper? And I was like, Oh God, why does this man look terrified for his life? And he was like, quick cue could you feel anything during the surgery? And I was like, man, listen, no, I was out. I remember counting down and then waking up right now. And that is it. And he was like, oh, thank God. Okay. Um, Funny story. You sat straight up in the chair and my entire life flashed before my eyes. And I was like, get out of here. And that's the first time I realized like, oh, I think my body's different. I think I process drugs differently. Cause I think I was like, 12 or 13 when I had that surgery I don't remember but I was younger so this is all a long way to say long-winded way to say that I avoided doing the melatonin thing for a long time because I was like okay babies if you can buy this drug online it's not a real drug that's gonna work but then I started hearing from people who I'm like oh I know you can handle your shit like I know you do other drugs And they were like, no, listen, like, it'll knock you out. But of course, people were like, you have to experiment with the dosage. It might give you weird dreams. Everybody processes it differently. And by the way, I've never been more excited than when people say it gives you weird dreams. I love weird dreams. So I was like, yes. But also, you know, I have been known to sleepwalk. So we do have to be mindful of that as well. So I started with 10 milligrams of melatonin fucking nothing right like my body just gobbled it up and was like bitch for real nothing I guess maybe I slept a little deeper than I would have um but I I slept for like the same amount of time which is to say not a lot of time so then I was like you know what instead of being a big old negative Nancy Why don't we try 12 milligrams, which is harder to find for obvious reasons. Because by the way, some people can take like 0.5 milligrams of melatonin and be fine. They get knocked out the same way. So don't start at 10 milligrams. Again, don't come to this show for medical advice. And also, I am not you. We have different bodies. Um, Always consult with your doctor, et cetera, et cetera. So, but for me, I was like, you know what, before I just say melatonin doesn't work for me, fuck the, fuck the world, try 12 milligrams. And guys, at least yesterday, it worked for me. I, I slept for like, and this is like phenomenal for me, like seven hours and I was out. So I felt refreshed this morning. I was in a good mood. I was like, I'm going to go to Twitter. I'm going to tell the world. That I was wrong about melatonin and 12 milligrams worked for me. And this is where we're going to get into my little rant about social media, etiquette, and self-awareness. Please don't think because you follow someone on Twitter, you have the right to... Tweet them with unsolicited medical advice. It's so weird that in 2021 people are still doing this. Like, I don't know if it's that it's that false sense of intimacy where if I favorite your tweet one time eight months ago, you think we're now BFFs, where you can tweet me and be like, "Um, 12 milligrams is way too much. You should take 0.5 milligrams after." I have just explicitly said this works for me and I'm happy about it and I want to tell the world about it that you now have the right to roll in like we're family and be like, Allison, you silly bitch, as your medical doctor, which I am now because I set up a free profile on a hell site And didn't use my real name or picture, but as your medical doctor now, I'm telling you to take 0.5 milligrams instead of 12. Like, fuck off. That will get you muted because I'm not even going to give you the dignity of blocking you, okay? Muted. Muted, muted, muted. And by the way, I don't want to shame anybody, but also like, you know, I've been talking about a bunch on the show that I, I... have been enjoying covering pop culture more and that journalism has been mentally draining for me and politics has been mentally draining for me and like bad for my health and I'm happy covering pop culture I know this is coming from a sweet place but tweeting me to be like don't stop covering politics I like your politics I understand it's from a good place but like Jesus Christ, guys, be self-aware. If I'm like, hey, X is making me feel good. X thing that is not bad for me is making me feel good. Please do not roll into make me feel guilty. And by the way, it's not hard to make me feel guilty. I'm a recovering ex-Catholic, so... You can make me feel guilty just by being like, but I'm a fan of when you cover politics. I'll feel guilty for that. I'll be like, oh, I guess I shouldn't talk about pop culture. Even though, and this is what is so wild about my brain, the vast overwhelming number of you have said that you love the pop culture stuff. Several of you have been so sweet and said like, I wish the pop culture section could be longer. I want an entire episode of it. You've been so lovely that I feel even dumb spending time ranting about this at all. But just be self-aware. I feel like they should teach self-awareness and online etiquette in schools. Like, hey, if you don't know a person, don't tweet the medical advice. How about that? Hey, you know what? You don't have to respond to every tweet ever. You can just have thoughts inside your head and not tweet them. Did you know that? And just teach an entire course for people before they're even allowed online, before you even get your your key to the internet. It's like, okay, we're going to learn a couple things, okay? If you're a man, you don't have to have an opinion about a woman's tweet, okay? Here's your key to the internet, you know, just to, to give people a heads up about how um, things roll online. But enough about that. Um, are you taking melatonin? How do you feel about it? I know it's not for everybody. Uh, or if you're not taking melatonin, how you doing during the pandemic? Hashtag Light Treason Pod. How are you coping? I love hearing from you guys, especially now, because I feel like, you know, obviously, um, you know, our community's gotten even a little tighter since we're not allowed to go outside. Or we shouldn't go outside. I should say that. You should not be around people right now. You should always be wearing a mask. But we are in the pop culture section right now, everybody. So I am, obviously we're going to get to all the inauguration stuff. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. But before we get to that, I have so many recommendations because, you know, obviously part of not going outside is staying inside to watch a ton of content. So this one I've been waiting to recommend for a while And I don't want to sound like every absolutely every male critic or journalist you follow online, but Ted Lasso is great. (laughs) And whenever, listen, call it the radical male-hating feminist in me, okay? I'm not really, but according to some men online, I am. Um... According to them, I just reflexively hate anything that men like, but you know, it is cause for concern when the, the overwhelming majority of people who are recommending something tend to be men, but listen, it's true. A lot of men are recommending Ted Lasso online right now. However, however, I set aside all of my prejudice and I said, okay, Ted Lasso. Okay. We're going to, we're going to go on the Apple TV Plus or whatever the fuck it is, we're going to get our free trial and immediately cancel it after binge watching Ted Lasso, which did you know you can do? That's an option. Sign up real quick, binge watch a show, cancel immediately. They won't charge you. Not if you're getting that free month, baby. So I did that. That's my little hack for you all. It's not even a hack. It's not really a hack. It's, it's commonplace knowledge. Everybody knows about it. I'm late to the game as usual. So if you don't know, Ted Lasso is a, a show on Apple TV Plus starring Jason Sudeikis about an American football coach who gets uh, recruited by an English soccer or European football team. And to be their coach. So hilarity ensues, obviously, because <laughs> what a wacky premise, right? An American football coach teaching a a, a, a European soccer team? And when I heard the premise, I was a little like, okay. But believe it or not, <laughs> uh, it's very, very funny. It's very sweet. Like, I was really surprised by how heartfelt the show is. Jason Sudeikis. Oh, what a likable leading man. My God. So funny. So charming. So sweet. Has an inner sweetness about him. Uh, but also Hannah Waddingham. Wow. I am ashamed to say I had never, well, I probably have seen her in things before, but I wasn't aware of it. She's so good. She owns the, uh, the team. She, her character owns the team. And she has a very interesting backstory that I'm not going to spoil for all of you because I really, really sincerely recommend this show. It feels good. I've been watching a lot of horror and drama, which has been very fun. And I've been enjoying recommending it on the show. This was just such a nice break. You know, 30 minute episodes, very funny, great character development a very sweet touching story with likable characters and I was like yes yes Ted Lasso this is what I need this is refreshing I feel good after watching this show thank you Ted Lasso so I highly recommend Ted Lasso so because I've been a little long-winded I'm just gonna do One more recommendation, but really it's two recommendations because I want to recommend an actor, which is something I've never done on the show, but it feels like his moment, his time, Um, Sobe Dirasu, I sincerely apologize if I'm, I am most likely mispronouncing his name, but he is a English actor and man, he is just killing the game right now. I have seen him in two things recently and I didn't realize I was about to see him in two things. And then I was like, I think that's so bad. So the first thing I saw him in obviously was a horror film on Netflix called His House. It also stars, uh, one Mi Mosaku from Lovecraft who is a wildly talented actress, um, gorgeous in Lovecraft. And I loved her in Lovecraft. And I was just like, I was just gobsmacked by her performance. And I was so excited to see her in something else. And then I watched his house based off of a recommendation, uh, just cause it's a dope horror film and it's, it's on Netflix. It's easy to access. I had no idea one of me was in it. And I got so excited when I saw her, and then I had no previous exposure to Sobe, and he's phenomenal in it. So uh, His House is a film about a refugee couple from Sudan who relocate to London to a haunted-as-fuck public housing unit, and insanity ensues. And that's all I'll say about it. There are some... Jaw on your floor reveals <laughs> in it that genuinely surprised me, but it is visually stunning. Their performances are amazing. It's very frightening and very suspenseful. There's some surprise cameos in it that I won't spoil for anyone, but highly, highly recommend, especially if you already have a Netflix account. It's like, boom, it's there. Check out his house. So I see Sope in his house just blown away by his performance then I keep hearing about this show Gangs of London that's being recommended everywhere truly everywhere but it is so hard to access it is like frustrating beyond belief like I don't know why it's so hard to watch anything on AMC plus like it is a nightmare. So, and also, I'm at this point now where I will throw money at the first ser- service that just allows you to plug in what you want to watch, where it's at, and the smartest way to bundle those streaming services. Because right now I'm starting to make these calculations where I'm like, what's cheaper if I get this like free trial of AMC and then cancel it? Or if I bundle AMC and Hulu and like, I'm starting to do all of this insane math and it's driving me um, batty. So if anybody knows of any service that already does that, please let me know because I'm I'm like, God, I got Disney Plus now. I want Apple TV plus. I have Hulu and Netflix. Do I get AMC plus? Like, it's it's just becoming a nightmare. And I know eventually they're gonna start to bundle them and bundle them more and more, and they'll become the new conglomerates. I know what's up, okay? But in the meantime, it was a nightmare to watch Gangs of London. And then ultimately I couldn't want I'm not even gonna get into it, but I watched as much as I could of Gangs of London figuring out how I could access the episodes. It's phenomenal. Um, It was recommended by everybody. And then I find out Soapy's in that too. And I was like, wow. And he's, he's obviously playing a very, very different character. So little bit of background. Um, Gangs of London is exactly what it sounds like. It is about uh, gang wars in London. It is graphically violent a heads up, graphically violent. And I can't emphasize that enough. It's starring every great British character actor you've ever seen in your entire life, including half the cast of Game of Thrones. Um, Bay turns out, if I didn't love him enough, does judo. Boom. Boom okay, okay, Sope. So he's absolutely incredible in the action scenes. I was like, wow, this guy is a star. He's an action star. This show has some of the most absolutely bananas fight sequences I've ever seen in my life. And by the way, anytime I think that, I run to the IMDb to check out who the fight choreographer was. And it is always 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 a team or maybe just an individual who is like tangentially related in some way to the raid everything every dope action scene you can trace back to the raid because that was one of those pivotal moments in Hollywood where a lot of film creators watched the fight scenes in the raid and they were like why don't we do this shit more this looks phenomenal. So a lot of that team went off and they got a lot of work off of the raid, which is great. So, but yeah, same with Gangs of London. There are the raid adjacent people uh, responsible for the insane fight sequences. And every single episode has such a Wild fight scene in it that it is like almost comical because it's like if this was the actual body count in this fight, it's all the news, the international news would be talking about for the rest of time because this is so wild what's happening right now. But it's just like another day in London, you know, 50 guys dead in a warehouse. What are you going to do? But it is really, really entertaining. I really, really enjoyed it. And man, Sobe. Killing the game right now, so congratulations to him. I I really hope he pops off from his 2020 uh, exposure in film because he's doing really diverse projects. He's shown us a lot of range. I think he's a superstar. I'd like to see him in a lot more stuff. So please go check out everything Sope Dirisu is is doing because he's got great taste. He's getting good projects. And yeah, I'm really excited to see what he does. What he does. What he does next. Oh, we almost stuck that landing. And then I face planted. Everyone, it's that time of the show. Let's all hold hands and cry. Here's your bad news. As I said, we are going to get to all of the inauguration talk in the good news section. Obviously, I, like a lot of people, was very relieved that the inauguration happened and there wasn't, mm, let's say, a political assassination. And all they had to do was shut down all of Washington, D.C., and install tens of thousands of National Guards and everything went off without a hitch and no one was allowed to be there, but we did it. We did it, Joe. Whatever, I'm obviously enormously relieved like everyone else and we're gonna get to all of the you know, a lot of people a lot of people felt a lot of feelings during the inauguration and those feelings are valid and I'm not here to be a big old cunt about it. So I'm not going to shit on anybody or make fun of anybody for feeling emotional during the inauguration. We'll talk about the historical significance of of what took place in the good news section because I think it's good news. And this is my show so y'all can fuck off with your cynicism. You want to know something? Cynicism is easy. It's easy to shit on people. You know what's hard? Being hopeful that's all I'm going to say about that. Because we're in the bad news section where I do get to be a little uh, cynical cunt. So I'm going to do that right now. By the way, you're not allowed to use that word at me. Only I'm allowed to use that word at me. So uh, just a heads up. Because sometimes y'all come at me a little familiar. And um, I love that we have mutual love between us. But just a reminder, unless you know me in my real life, we're strangers. I don't know you. You don't know me, so uh, be cautious with how you come at me, okay, (laughs) is all I'll say, because I know some of you have been uh, listening to me for years, and I think that's great, but just know that while you have been listening to me, I don't know who you are, and I'm sure you're great, sure we get along, but you know, caution, if I was like an animal in the wild, I would be bright red to just let you know what's up, you know, like be careful, be careful how you come at me. Okay. Anyway, why am I ranting about, this This is what happens when I don't have a co-host to like cut me off and be like, were we going to talk about politics? Okay. So because we're in the bad news section, I do want to linger a bit longer on the attempted coup that, um, almost went down at the Capitol at the beginning of the month, because I do think it's important that we We linger a little bit because it's it's tempting to want to move on very quickly, right? Because it's like, you know, as Obama famously said, we must look forward. We can't look back, right? But I think it is important to look back so we don't um, continue to slide into fascism, because the problems that led us to the storming of the Capitol haven't gone anywhere, right? They didn't magically disappear, even if all. The people responsible for the insurgency ultimately go to prison. This problem doesn't vanish, right? And in fact, will get worse because we have started a slide into a fascist state, and that's not going to magically fix itself, right? Nor am I claiming to know how we fix it, but I think it's important that we don't, um, you know, backslide into denialism. Because that's when things really start to fester and get much, much worse. If you take your eye off of what's happening in this country, the growing militias, et cetera, that's when things get really, really dangerous. So I don't want to move on just yet, right? Especially because there's still news coming out about the attempted coup, including, and this is from the New York Times. By the way, I link to all news stories uh, on our Lipson page. So if you're ever like, where are these sources? What is Allison talking about? I link to all the stories at, I believe it's, wearelighttreasonnews.lipson.com. So you can find all of them there. So I like to show my work. Straight A student. Can you tell? Thanks. Magna cum laude. Anyway, uh, so Trump attempted to oust Jeffrey Rosen, an acting attorney general, and wield the department's power to force Georgia state lawmakers to overturn its presidential election results. Why, listener, that sounds like the then president of the United States was trying to overturn a democratic election. That sounds like a coup it is. It is. It absolutely is. So that story broke. And then at the same time, or relatively the same time, Open Secrets put up a post about how um, Trump's presidential campaign aides played key roles orchestrating the rally, right? Protesting the certification of Biden's election victory that was the, the the big rally that took place immediately before they stormed the capitol in which the then president of the united states donald trump told them we're going to the capitol explicitly pretty much called mike pence a traitor <laughs> and that he was at the capitol and told them we're going and then rudy giuliani his lawyer called for a battle by combat So these two idiots, absolutely dumping fuel on the fire, mere moments before a furious mob stormed the Capitol, and by the way, some of them were armed and had zip ties and absolutely would have killed people if they had the opportunity to do it. I really, I really, really think we blew by that way too quickly. There were armed, they were an armed mob mob, that absolutely had supplies to take hostages. And we were like, anywho, new Congress, new Prezi, let's move on. It's like, whoa, 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 can we have a trial about this? Can we get all the facts on a piece of paper? Which representatives gave a tour before this happened to some of the mob? Who, who helped organize this event? where'd they get the money? Because uh, according to this report at Open Secrets, we don't even know the full extent of Trump's campaign ties to the protest because he uses a bunch of shell companies that hide the details of all the financial dealings. So there was so much dark money funding what happened on January 6th. We don't even know the full scope of it yet. There needs to be a full report, like a thick-ass book. You know when they do a report on something like this, like after like the 9-11 commission, right? Like what the fuck happened? Or like the JFK assassination. What happened? And then they show up with a thick-ass binder and everybody's like, mm, yes. Details. All the type A people are like, Is that a three-ring binder? Let's go. We need a report like that. We need like a long-ass investigation. We need a lot of type A people who love spreadsheets. Oh, God. Gets them hard and wet depending on who you are. Or at the same time, I won't judge you. But you love spreadsheets, okay? That's what we all have in common. We love spreadsheets. So, and color coding, come on. Those little tabs, you know, you buy the tabs, the color-coded tabs. Like, oh, section purple. Yeah, okay, I want that type of report. For what the fuck happened on January 6th? Who funded this? Which representatives were in contact with the organizers? I think it's essential that we get everything down in our thick-ass binder before we move on. That's all I'm saying, okay? Oh, I don't want to alarm anyone, but there's a flow chart in the Open Secrets report, and it is just very healing. So I'll link to that. You should check that out as well. Um, but I just... I also, speaking of lingering and, and my right to linger on this show, I want to explore a little bit more what a fucking coward Mike Pence is, because we knew he was a bigot and an asshole, right? Obviously. And was he responsible for an HIV outbreak in his state? Yes. Okay. Does he weirdly call his wife mother? Yes. Big old weirdo, big old bigot, hateful man, dangerous. We knew all that. Maybe what we didn't understand the full scope of is what a fucking coward Mike Pence is. Dude, the president of the United States tried to have you killed by an angry mob. Stand the fuck up and condemn this man. And he did it in the most tepid way imaginable and then backpedaled immediately. And it's like, man, what a fucking coward. What a fucking coward. For somebody who I guess ostensibly wants to be a leader, you are a coward. Trump tried to kill you, he came for your life. He unleashed a mob on the Capitol. Do you know what they would have done if they got Mike Pence? Kill him. Yes, absolutely. As, as firmly as I believe they would have killed Nancy Pelosi or AOC, I also think they would have killed Mike Pence. And it's like he doesn't even have the courageousness or the courage to stand up for his own life. Wow, dude. I don't know how you as like, A person with any degree of pride can look at your reflection after that and be like, you did it, Mike. You let Trump almost kill you. Wow. But it was worth it, I think. We did it. I don't know what we did. I don't know if what we did had any positive value. But at least I didn't say, please don't send a murderous mob after me. Like, wow. So anyway, speaking of this problem of the extreme right, the conspiracy theorists, um, the, the white supremacists' reality of it, not just vanishing magically overnight because we have a new president and a new Congress. By the way, we now have no black women in the Senate. Because Kamala Harris is now vice president, which is good. Um, It's good that we have our first uh, black, first Asian, first lady vice president. That's historically significant. Even if you're not a fan of the fact that she has this prosecutor passed, I get it. I get it. I get it. Don't tweet me. But it is historically significant. But now we have no black women in the Senate. It's 2021. That's cray. That is absolutely cray. Anyway. Just wanted to make that point. But a lot of people obviously were, and this was very funny, don't get me wrong, I really enjoyed reading all of these threads, but people were documenting how QAnon was having an absolute meltdown during the inauguration because these people still believe that Trump had a plan in place in which he was magically going to seize the reins of power and overthrow the government, I guess, or the Biden administration that wasn't even technically sworn in yet, but they thought that he had a plan. So when it became clear that that was not going to happen, the Q forums just had an absolute meltdown. Um, One account wrote in one of the QAnon, QAnon channels, The more I think about it, I do think it's very possible that Biden will be the one who pulls the trigger. So I think they were um, starting to descend a little bit into uh, denialism where they're like maybe Biden's part of the grand master plan. Um, Someone else wrote, a lot of YouTube journalists have just lost one hell of a lot of credibility. You know, those... YouTube journalists famously who have a lot of credibility Uh, and then this one and you can you can feel the pain in this one it's over wake up we've been had and they have been and that's what conspiracy theories are right conspiracy theories especially people who monetize conspiracy theories like like QAnon and and you know the big players in QAnon this is what they do for a career, they take advantage of a lot of suckers. Now, that doesn't mean that like vulnerable people are bad, right? Like oftentimes people fall for cult recruitment because they're in an incredibly vulnerable place in their life. Like maybe they have a lot of medical issues or a lot of debt or they feel very isolated and feel like they don't have community and they find this thing that is, like, interesting to talk about, right? Because Q is absolutely, QAnon is uh, wild. They believe wild things. So they it's a bunch of adults who meet in a room and tell each other, like, spooky stories about, you know, um, <laughs> pedophiles in the government. You know, that old campsite fire, uh, campfire tale, you know, the pedophiles who work for the U.S. government, But that's, like, their community. That's their family. And they feel like they have a place in this group that won't judge them or make them feel stupid. Now, that's not me, like, again, showing sympathy for QAnon because a lot of people who belong to QAnon are just, like, racist assholes who this happens to, like, fit in their worldview, right? Right. So I'm not saying that as a blanket statement, but I do know for a fact that there are QAnon followers who also are just like very vulnerable people who don't know any better. They were fed a bunch of misinformation online and now they fully believe that Hillary Clinton um, goes to a, a pizza place to go into the basement and rape children. That is what they believe now. That's their family and QAnon I still believe will become like a religion. If, if, if you don't think it has already become one, because I know there are people who already think we've crossed that line and now they're just like, they're obviously a cult, but I think they could slide even more into the religious aspects of it um, because they feel like they have the moral high ground, right? Now they are these crusaders who are crusading for the children and that instills people with a lot of um confidence and blind faith because it's for the children, right? Like we remember the satanic panic in the 80s that made people absolutely batshit and destroy the lives of like a lot of innocent people who were accused of pedophilia. It was the same deal, right? Like, how can you ever argue against the safety of children? So a lot of people just throw their hat in the ring and say. Yeah. I mean, whatever it takes to protect the kids, even if some innocent people get accused of some stuff they didn't do, this is all in the name of quote unquote protecting the children. So it's worth it. And then you look back like, you know, 40 years after the fact, and you're like, oh, maybe we went too far. (laughs) It's like, yeah, a little bit of mass hysteria. Um, But speaking of going back to this whole concept of These QAnon people didn't magically vanish after the election of a new president, a new Congress. We're going to have to deal with QAnon for a while, and it's probably actually going to get worse now. We got to talk about the fact that there is now a QAnon representative. I mean, not just one, but the most famous being Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. Of Georgia, Georgia fame, where, you know, we just celebrated having uh, two Democrats win, which led to the Democrats taking control of Congress because we got the 50 plus one with Kamala as the tie-breaking vote. But we got to talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene um, because she is just still full throttle wacky she uh, has introduced she just filed articles of impeachment on president joe biden which everybody obviously is laughing about because these are articles on him of things he allegedly did years before becoming president um it's absurd it's so dumb She's so weird and like zany that even a lot of Republicans are like, you gotta ignore Marjorie. Um, she's the one who she said she was being censored for wearing a face ma- a face mask, and then uh, she even wore a face mask that said "censored" on it, which was very funny because she was speaking on the House floor at the time. And it's like, well, if you're being censored, they're not doing a very good job of it. She's just. Dumb. So it's like easy to laugh about her, but she is a symptom of this worsening problem, right? Like she's not just a dumb person on Twitter. She's now a dumb representative in Congress. And that speaks to how effective QAnon has been with recruiting people, but also getting positioning themselves in places of power, right? Which is why we're going to have to continue to deal with them for years and years and years to come. And they're going to recruit more people. And guess what? More of those people are going to get elected representatives. And that's how a funny story like Marjorie's so wacky snowballs into, oh, my God, they have a majority in Congress now. (laughs) Um, I'm not saying we'll ever get to that place, but I'm saying that's why it's important to not take your eye off of them just because it feels like we as a country have started to move on because we're going to have to deal with the extreme right moving forward indefinitely until the problem is addressed or conditions in this country get significantly better for a lot of people so they are not driven into the arms of extremists who are promising them like a better tomorrow. Because regardless of whether you're talking about, you know, um, Extreme Islam or far right extremists here in the US, that is how they recruit. They're like, hey, your life is really shitty right now. And a bunch of people are like, uh huh. They're like, well, if you join us, you have community, you have family, we'll fight for a better life for you and your family. And they're like, okay, that sounds good. That's all it takes to recruit people into extremism. And the only way it gets better is if you make people's lives better. And I'm not saying that's like a magic way to, like, cure something like racism, (laughs) but it might make it less likely that a racist person becomes a racist extremist, somebody who's willing to set off a car bomb. I believe that's how you stop that final crossing of the line, right? And I'm not saying it's great or good that you would just be, quote, unquote, a racist person, but I can't get into your little poisoned brain and make you unhate black people, right? But maybe we can stop you from hurting a black person. And if if that difference is like raising the minimum wage and giving you benefits, we should do that, right? <laughs> right? And listen, maybe I'm naive. Maybe that wouldn't even stop a, a violent racist person, you know, from hurting somebody, But things have gotten really, really bad in this country for uh, almost everybody, right? And that always, always, always drives extremism. Socioeconomic divisions, extreme poverty, this is when we see spikes in, in radicalism, always. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what religion you believe in, what race you are. If your life gets that bad, you will be more susceptible to recruitment from extremists. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay, she talked too much. I don't even have time really to get into this, but obviously bad news about the pardons. Uh, Trump just pardoned a bunch of his political cronies, including Steve Bannon. Call me an insane woman. But I don't think you should be able to buy pardons or that the president of the United States should be able to overturn um, convictions like that of his political cronies. And there is a there's a difference between like Obama, who did way more pardons than Trump, but he was pardoning nonviolent drug offenders who should not have been in jail in the first place. There's a difference between that and Trump, like, covering his tracks, right, of people who definitely helped him commit crimes. I think it's important we make a distinction with the pardoning process because one of those things I think is very good. I, I, I think we should let most people out of jail. We are a carceral state, and it's made our country way worse, and it's tremendously expensive, and it's immoral. So we should definitely a lot most people out of prison and jail. There's a difference between that, however, and Trump being like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit on his way out the door. And uh, pardoning either his political cronies or like Lil Wayne in an attempt to not look like a giant racist piece of shit. He's like, but I pardoned a rapper. it's like, great job, dude you still hate black people and you still definitely use the n-word when you don't think there's any cameras around but everybody on that note that's enough of the bad we gotta get to the good news So obviously the big good news story is that the inauguration happened and it, it went off without a hitch. Well, without a hitch, if you don't consider some <laughs> lackluster performances, sorry. I did not think any of the singers sounded very good. That's all I'll say about that. Uh, but moving on, you know, I, as much as I shit on the Democrats, which is a lot, because um, they're controlled by corporations and they're a joke and not an effective oppositional party, et cetera, et cetera. We don't have a two party system in this country. We just have a bunch of rich people who rule over us. You know how I feel about things. But I do think there's important distinctions between the two parties on some matters. And we're going to get to them in a second because Biden, uh, to his credit, man, as soon as he got in, his his little hand must be cramping right now because he signed so many executive orders, just kept knocking them out, and a lot of them have to do with immigration. So I don't want to ever pretend like there's not an important distinction in some respects between the parties when it comes to certain things. However, I think we can all agree that rich people are just fucking us in this country and rich corporations. But having said that, I really don't envy the position the Democrats are in right now Because now we have over 400,000 people who have died from COVID, right? More people have died in the United States from COVID than were killed, uh, Americans killed in World War II, which is just staggering. I know we're, we're in the good news section, but just think about that for a second. It's so wacky how we don't process deaths by virus in the same way that we process deaths like from 9-11 or a war you know like those are tragedies but the COVID thing it's just that slow trickle effect you know where suddenly it's like over 400,000 people have died but it's not impacting us in the same way that it should but anyway let's talk about the inauguration you know I just threw some shade I know it's hard to sing outside <laughs> but yikes. Yikes, everybody. But I will say the fashion games were on point. Yes, Gaga with that giant bird. What the fuck was that? We loved it. JLo looked amazing. Oh, here's a good performance that you really should go watch. If you didn't watch the inauguration live, I get it. But Amanda Gorman was so good. Youngest poet laureate ever. Twitter absolutely blew up. When she was performing, she also looked phenomenal, but that's beside the point. What a talent, what poise. So young, like makes you mad young a little bit, but she's great. She's a rock star. We gotta talk about Michelle Obama. When Michelle Obama walked down the stairs with Barack, and by the way, he looked very ha- handsome and dapper too, but nobody was talking about what he was wearing because Michelle Obama looked so good. I immediately placed a phone call to a friend. I didn't text this friend. I didn't even think about texting this friend. I called them and I was like, do you see Michelle Obama? And they were like, oh my God. And I was like, queen. She looks so good. Her legs look so long. That belt, that coat, burgundy, burgundy, burgundy. Yes, it was a burgundy moment. We loved it. Um, all I wrote was performances, meh, and I stand by that. So Biden's speech. Listen, here's what I'll say about Biden's speech. Was it a bunch of platitudes strung together that could have been like cross stitched on some grandmother's throw pillows? Yes. America diversity unity, not division, Um, a bunch of those. But how nice was it to once again, peacefully space out during a presidential speech and not being seized by constant anxiety because the last one who constantly gave me a panic attack had to get on his little helicopter and get uh, airlifted away from the White House, as, as is the custom. But it was so cathartic to watch Trump go away to Florida, to mar and then watch Biden give this very boring speech in which I completely spaced out. I had to read about it afterwards. I was like, what the fuck did he just say? But how nice was it to once again slip into the blissful slumber or meditative state of not listening to the president again, because I didn't have to worry that he was going to like say that we're nuking Iran or China in a speech. That was nice. So if I say nothing else kind about the Biden administration for at least the next four years, uh, I'll say that it was very nice that Biden gave us that little bit of a space out moment. So let's get to some of these executive actions, right, or executive orders, because Biden had promised that he was going to sign a lot of orders on, like, day one, and he did that, which is good, because there was a lot of good stuff in there, and I think it's cause for celebration, so let's just hit these points quickly. Uh, The Department of Homeland Security announced Last week, starting Thursday, that it would pause deportations for certain non-citizens in the United States for 100 days and would stop new enrollments in the Migrant Protection Protocols Policy, also known as the Remain in Mexico Program. Uh, So... By pausing these measures, it gives the agency some breathing room to like fully review what's going on. So that's not to say that this is like a, a, a magic solution or that they're going to fully reverse it. They're just like, hey, the Trump administration passed a bunch of crazy shit about immigration and we just need to figure out like what's going on at this point. Because if you'll remember, uh, the MPP was the thing that led to roughly 60,000 migrants getting sent back the border, uh, back across the border to Mexico, and tens of thousands of people are still stuck in Mexico awaiting court hearings because the courts are completely overwhelmed. Um, And they're living in really unsanitary and potentially dangerous situations because During the best of times, they're being held in overcrowded facilities. But during a pandemic, this is now like jeopardizing people's lives. So it's good that they uh, pause that. Hopefully there'll be a, a full reversal. He also revoked the final version of the Muslim ban. Boom. That's out. Uh, If you uh, remember, the Muslim ban blocked people from seven, mostly Muslim, majority nations from entering the U.S., along with, um, and he revoked another immigration ban that largely impacted people from four African nations. Boom, out of there. Good news, good news, right? So, and then this is possibly more symbolic, but, oh, God, sorry, volume. I do think it's uh, still significant. His immigration bill changes the term alien to non-citizen, which a lot of activists uh, and people on the left have been calling for for a long time because language matters. It matters when you stop saying illegal and start saying undocumented, Because no person is illegal, right? You have value and dignity as a a human being, regardless of who you are and where you come from. Our government has just asked you for papers. So that makes you undocumented. Not an illegal person, (laughs) It, it matters. It has a connotation, a negative connotation to it to call someone an alien, right? That makes them seem like an icky other. Whereas non-citizen is like, oh, we just got to file the right papers and then you can be a citizen, you know? It, it matters what we call people. So I, I applaud the administration for making that change as well. Also in good news, I'm telling you, He got in there, and his little hand must be cramping from signing all these damn papers. Um, A bunch of stuff has happened on the environment front. So on his first day, Biden uh, immediately moved to rejoin the Paris Agreement on climate change. He revoked a permit that Trump granted to the Keystone XL pipeline, hugely controversial construction project. And he placed a temporary moratorium on oil and gas leasing in the Arctic. Now, again, temporary placing moratoriums on some of this shit is, like, not good enough, right? We need to completely reverse it and, like, salt the earth so it can never happen again. But it's still significant that he was like, let's pause, let's pause and review. And the Keystone XL pipeline and Paris agreement thing was hugely significant, because, again, and Ted Cruz seems a little confused by this the Paris Agreement was not the citizens of Paris voting for this agreement. The Paris Agreement was like a 100-plus countries getting together, happen to be in Paris, and say, "Hey, maybe we shouldn't let the Earth burn." And all the reasonable people in the room, including John Kerry, who was representing the U.S. at the time, were like, yes, that is a good idea. And they all signed it. And then the Trump administration got in and was like, fuck the earth and pulled out as soon as they could (laughs) because they uh, were the worst. So I also applaud the, the Biden administration for making that decision. And then, of course, it was very exciting to see a bunch of adults in a room agree that there needs to be a better plan for the ongoing pandemic and that we should just trust the scientific experts in the room, including Dr. Fauci. And the bureaucrats should step aside in the name of science. And they shouldn't step aside in the sense of like, passing off their obligations, right? So Biden has a plan. He revealed this huge COVID plan with a goal of administering 100 million shots, which is enough to cover 50 million Americans with vaccines that requires two doses in his first 100 days. It's still not enough, but it's a plan. You know, he revealed that there would be this this stimulus where people would be sent uh, some money, not as much money as he originally planned—only fourteen hundred and not two thousand. We see what you did there. That was a little bit a uh, sleight of hand because Trump had already given us six hundred, and you said two thousand. And okay, Joe. Okay, these are the Democrats we're dealing with. Um, so that pissed off some people, and it's not enough help, but it's it's something, and it was happening fast. Even though we probably won't see the checks until like mid March, right? It was still nice to see a bunch of adults in a room with a fucking plan, right? But at the same time, I really want to encourage people because now I think, and I'll end with this because I've already gone too long, but I think we're in a precarious time right now because we were dealing with not just an inept administration for the past four years, but a dangerous fascist regime that there's now such a tremendous sense of relief that that regime is no longer in power, that not only are we at danger of taking our eyes off of the extreme right when they're at their most dangerous right now, but we're also in danger of accepting low expectations because. The fact that Jen Saki, who's the new press secretary, got up there at her little podium and didn't berate the press, and people were like, "Yes, Queen, look at that hair! Oh my God, this is so nice!" was like, "Stop it! You're embarrassing yourselves. You're a bunch of adults. Yas, queening." an official who's just doing her job, this should be the bare minimum, okay? We just left, we just lived under four years of insanity, right? But we can't allow that fact to lull us into this state where we just like applaud people for doing the bare minimum. It's not enough, Demand more of your government and your officials and and don't yes, king and yes, queen people for like going to Kinko's and making a pie chart and standing in front of the pie chart and like doing their job, you know, just demand more, demand more, think more of yourself. People are treated like shit in this country corporations are allowed to do whatever the fuck they want to us and the planet and we should always demand more we should have a universal basic income we should have medicare for all you know these are things that should be the bare minimum in a country and it's like we're demanding the moon when we ask for it but it doesn't need to be that way and 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 part of that is not Groveling in gratitude when an official doesn't, I don't know, shoot a reporter? Like, is this where we're at right now? And obviously, yes, <laughs> is the answer to the question. And I think that's part of like the healing process, like coming back from that. But I do encourage people to try to heal because um, this is not extraordinary behavior that we're seeing from the Biden administration right now. This is just like a slightly more competent administration and we shouldn't be like kissing the ring out of gratitude for it all right that's all I'll say guys thank you so much for listening I hope you have a great rest of your weekend I'm everywhere on the social media sadly uh it's just my name at Allison Kilkenny Twitter Instagram Facebook I have a fan page if you have any thoughts about today's episode hashtag on Twitter is the best way to get in touch with me. I do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. If you want to financially support the show, that's a good place to do it. You can also go to lighttreason.news and smash that donate button to keep us going. I'm, as you heard, 100% listener supported. No commercials on this show. And uh, yeah, that's how I do it. So if you're a fan of the show, if you're a fan of what I do, please consider signing up right now. Uh, If you sign up at my Patreon, you can uh, leave questions, recommendations, comments, and you get to skip the line. I'll read those first on this show. So that's a little perk over there. And yeah, thank you to all my supporters and all my listeners. And so many of you have been listening for so many years and I'm so grateful. And yeah, I love you guys. Thanks so much for listening. And while you're at it, stay inside and cause a little trouble.